You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hogger Liberty Podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. I'm your host, Jeremiah Morrill. As always, I'm joined by our co-host, Dakota Davis, and our other co-host, Clay Morgan. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey. What's up? Our show is about our lives in rural Indiana. It's a show about folks who are interested in politics. We promise that our episodes are going to be a fun and easy listen. This one's about taxes, but I still promise it's going to be fun and an easy listen. <laughs> we, uh, we interview folks who are influencers, elected officials, political experts, and people that we just find interesting. Today's guest is going to be Justin Stevens of Americans for Prosperity. Welcome, Justin. Thanks for having me. Which one of those groups do I fit under? Oh, man. All of them, I think. <laughs> Have you been elected to anything yet? No, you, I haven't. You no, said that you, you, you're, you're uh, in the club I am. Yeah. You, you, you failed an election. I, I ran and failed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks uh, for pointing that out. Hey, uh, <laughs> I failed twice. So Clay's even failed. He's, he I finally have. did get elected. He's, you know, he's, yes. got, he's got one of them government positions now, collecting That's that right. big six grand a year or whatever he gets off the Henry County Council. Exactly. But, uh, no, 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 no. It's double that. It is. is it, it is almost. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was uh, That was some of the drama whenever they were discussing the uh, raises for the city council. Was uh, I forget which councilman it was, but they said, "Well, the county council meets half as regular as what we do, and they make double." And I'm sitting there thinking, "Yeah, but they're also the county versus the city." We we do half the work and double the pay. (laughs) (laughs) Good work if you can get it. That's right. That's right. (laughs) I tried. The voters rejected me. (laughs) So I think you get, uh, Justin, the record for driving the furthest to to do an episode so far. You came from darn near Louisville this morning, this afternoon. I did. I did. Yeah. Southern Indiana. Exit 29 on I-65. That's wow. the uh, the picturesque uh, water tower there and the, uh, the little curve on 65, right? We have three right? water towers and 6,000 people. We're pretty proud of that. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. <laughs> that's a lot of water. <laughs> Man. You have good flow, though, right? That's right. That's yeah, right. You, you open up the sink, and you have to have, like, this – you have to have, like, a special reinforced, uh, like, vanity top. <laughs> Does it just come out? <laughs> it's good, man. It's good. That's awesome. I'm proud of it. All I right. bet you can have some really luxury shower heads in that town. Everybody Anything. has a free complimentary pressure washer. <laughs> <laughs> Put your hose on and take the paint off your board. There's a, right off. there's a fire hydrant in front of each house as you go down the street. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, typically what we do on the show is uh, the first 10, 15, 20 minutes or so is banter because apparently people like that. Yes. They want to hear us joking with each other and having a good old time. Unless you're so we, Darren Jacobs. We yeah. He says, well, what, he, what part of the show yeah. is the funny banter? He's still looking for <laughs> He's it. He's looking for it, yeah. <laughs> Darren yeah. also just uh, just said to our, our our two of our previous guests, the local paper, the Creator Times here, uh, Kevin Green was in your chair last week because we were setting up. Kevin Kevin's microphone was about a foot taller than it is set up for now for Justin. Uh, and Darren said that he, he only reads the Courier Times for 
Kevin Green articles, yes, not not Travis Weick articles. He's, that's the entire reason why he buys the paper, <laughs> and uh, just to read his. Being so. the self promoter that you have taught me to be, you're I, welcome. I said that Career Times is, or the Brisket Gazette, whatever you want to call it. it, just depends on if we have Kevin or Travis, I guess. But is the official newspaper of Boss Hog Liberty. Although, yeah, you be careful. Although, some of us subscribe to the Knightstown Banner and the Middletown Times. The Middletown Times is a really good newspaper covering news in Henry County. You gave me that one paper, and I'm pretty much convinced that I'm, I need to get it. You do. Yeah. Today's arrived, to, and, uh, this week's Middletown paper arrived today, and Eldon Pitts decided to mention that I quit the park board again. So every time <laughs> I turn every, turn around, I see my name printed, and it's just me resigning in shame now. So That's the way it goes. Anyway, so uh, Dakota and I uh, spent some time together last week. The, the we previous did. week, we, yep. you know, we, we avoided each other. We were feuding. I didn't know why, but Dakota Dakota never told my well, told me why he was mad at me. But we never hung out. So. It was I think Dakota went through kind of a depression for the past couple of weeks. <laughs> he may have. I think so. Separation. I think so. Well, you know, he's getting married, and I, I don't know. Some things are, are happening. These are but, stressful times for me. Clay. But I can tell tonight he looks good. He's glowing. His hair he's, looks good. He's got that yeah. fresh I, haircut. Well, yeah. see, I'm not trying. I tried shop. a new hairstyle in yeah. case anybody noticed. It's I kind of poofed it up a little bit. Maybe I'll yeah. get that tomorrow. I'm really tired of looking like a midget in all these <laughs> pictures that we post. <laughs> uh, <it's, laughs> I'm like, uh, it's been like the last three or four episodes, every person that you bring on, every person that Jeremiah schedules as a guest... you got to be six foot been, three or taller to get on the show. Yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm standing next to Yao Ming, and they're every time they walk in the door, it's like they have to duck, like all these people. And you have tall ceilings. Yeah, I have nine foot ceilings in this house. Well, so... Got your hair going, though. Yep. Enjoy, well, I'm, enjoy the hair that's while gonna, you can. That's going to jump up. <laughs> <laughs> Someday you may not have it. Yeah, my dad's bald <laughs> as well, but my uh, they say it comes from your mom's father, and uh, my grandpa had a full, thick head of hair until the day he died, so... I don't, I don't believe shame that, that he died at 22. Yeah. It was yeah. uh, and I, I, 66. I, <laughs> I need to thank Balls Hog of Liberty uh, for... Uh, Helping me, give me an avenue to get Dakota's dad back in the shop. That's right. We found yeah. a path. Yeah. I so heard he was he, he was a paying back customer and, today. He's been back like three times since it was <laughs> mentioned. He heard. Uh, he he listened to that episode. And said Clay's talking about giving me a free haircut. <laughs> he's still waiting. <laughs> still on waiting on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I came in today and asked if I was going to pay for his, and I said I only pay for people on the weekly plan. Man, it's a subsidy. It's a subsidized haircut. You, <laughs> he, that's, and he's very upset that he's not invited to the bachelor party, by the way, Jeremiah. I, you know, let, we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Your bachelor party, uh, we conveniently, I, I talked about this when I stopped, I popped into the, the barbershop today to try to catch uh, catch one of Clay's guests, and I, I just missed him. But uh, we're ha- I was telling Clay this story when I was in there. We're leaving tomorrow to go to Nashville, Tennessee for Dakota's bachelor party because the wedding is just two weeks away. Okay. That's and, why he's in a better mood. And, oh, yeah. And yeah. the one of the groomsmen uh, it, it lives lived in Florida. One of the grooms, the best man, lived in Alabama, and then Dakota and I were coming from, from here. So halfway was Nashville, so it was going to be more convenient for everybody. The best man moved to North Dakota. Yeah, yeah. Trevor got a job. He's, like, breaking down heavy machinery, and he's a big listener to the show. And so, he's like... Well, I'm in North Dakota, and it's going to cost me like uh, $450 for a round trip. So he bailed out on us. <laughs> and then the other one of the other groomsmen moved back here 
So then yeah. we tapped in the guy that I, I, I wound up replacing as a groomsman. Yeah. And uh, he's, he, he came back from uh, the service overseas, he, and yeah, he's back. He was, uh, Quentin was stationed in Afghanistan, yeah. and he has to go back to uh, Texas on November 13th. Right. But he'll be back in town for this. So yes. And we were going to do this thing conveniently in Nashville, Tennessee. Paid for it, booked it, it's scheduled. And now every one of us are leaving from <laughs> my driveway goes, tomorrow man. and driving to the convenient location that's six hours away. <laughs> so we got that going for us. But I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm I am forward to it. really looking forward to it. But yeah, Dad is very upset. He was like, I cannot believe that you didn't invite me. Is and that then what he whenever, was crying about? I think so. And then he, uh, he said, you know, uh, you didn't invite me, and then whenever one of your groomsmen couldn't make it, and you were looking for somebody to fill <laughs> the spot, you still didn't. Invite yeah, you still didn't invite me. <laughs> Ouch! Like, well, you know, I I pondered off on uh, Jeremiah, and I was like, well, Jeremiah's been planning all of it, so I don't really have a say. Okay. <laughs> I feel bad for him. He's a nice guy too. Not, my dad is a nice guy. I'm he's not saying. Let him know you can go to the next one. Super guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I Poor just guy. said, why was he not invited, though? I, Poor guy. You know, I really don't have an answer for Were that. Were you invited to his first one? To his? Yeah, I wasn't invited to my dad's right. bachelor party. <laughs> it's what the heck was up with not that? Not really a father and son affair, <laughs> per se. So, oh, well. Anyway, we're, we're looking forward to that. Last but, you know, we thought about it, and I was like, you know, he, he if he went, he probably would have paid for a lot of our drinks. Well, he can go. I mean, <laughs> if he wants to. Now that you've said that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> It's a, I, I'm 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 the old guy. I'm so much the old guy for this. Dakota's 21. I'm uh, I'm well over 30, and the other the other <laughs> two are 21 and 22 yeah, Jer- years old. I like oh, to right. I like to joke with Jeremiah and remind him periodically that he is closer to my dad's age than what he is to <laughs> mine. Ouch. Yeah. Well, uh, I just I just found Clay out last is... week. Last week, he said his dad graduated in '92. <laughs> I graduated wow. in 93. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's Justin, good. what year did you graduate high school? 2001. See, we're the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. 2001. So there I'm 30, I'm 34. Yeah. Same year. Yeah. Same year. So my, although today's my brother's, my baby brother's birthday. I he saw turned, that. He turned 31 today. Uh, I've been somewhat abusive to him over the last day or so, talking about how. Yeah. He, you always t- talk about how you still have more hair than him. Well, it's not that I have the hair, but it's also not. Turned the color that his is turned. <laughs> he always talks so hair. nice about you too. Though. I know he's in our barber nice shop. He does. He <laughs> he really really talks super about you. I know. I, I talk great about him too. <laughs> he loves you. We can't pick at each other a little bit. <laughs> Just a so touch. we we did hang out this weekend. We did. So Friday we did hiatus. We uh, Friday I took the day off, being the great friend that I am, and I came over here, and uh, basically I said, "Let me be a day laborer for you, Dakota." Yep, he did. He was uh, my not my slave labor for the day, um, and you were painting with oil based stain blocker paint. You offered you offered me two jobs. You yep. said I could paint, help paint the laundry room, and I'm I've been slimming down. Okay, I'm down like yep. 26 pounds since the since the end of August, but there's still a lot of me left. <laughs> and he offered to let me paint this space that's about 14 inches wide between the, the between the bathroom wall and the washer washing machine. And I was like, well, there's what's off space in that? In there? Well, I, I, that was the face I saw. And I said, there's no way in hell we're making <laughs> that one work. What's behind door number two? And it was paint the ceilings. I said, I can do that. Oh, yeah. So Dakota's got the nine foot ceilings. So we, uh, I went in and, and, and painted uh, above his kitchen. He had a small plumbing disaster and it left a little brown spot in the ceiling. Just a small 
horrible disaster. <laughs> <laughs> so we pa- I painted that, and then I we, this ba- upstairs bathroom. He had the bathroom fan went out for uh, one to two years. I don't know how long it took to get that much mold and mildew on your ceiling, but oh, uh, uh, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you don't realize how much work those fans do. Do you leave your shower on twenty four seven? No, to create I, that I, much mildew. I do take very long showers. I will say that I'd take like twenty minute showers. I I thoroughly <laughs> wash myself. I'm very big on <laughs> personal hygiene in the Davis Good household. To Good to know. I, you know, like you were I, talking, you were talking in our group chat one day. You're, um, I think it was you. Somebody was like, "Yeah, all guys just use like, you know, the three in one hair, uh, body, and face." And I'm like, "That was not me." I'm like, I, I, me. I I have <laughs> I, I have Shampoo. You have a lot of products. I have shampoo, conditioner. I have two different types of body wash, um, depending on what day it is. And then I have... <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> on I have, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I use the pink bottle. I have, a, sure uh, I have a foot scrubber because I get really calloused feet. Well, we're learning to a lot. And then, I, and then I also have... Um, Two I, different types of face I wash. I promise that this would be fun and entertaining <laughs> for a packed episode. I have two different types of face wash. One is like a charcoal stuff made by Lush Cosmetics. And then the second kind is a uh, is just a regular soap that I put on a, a sponge and wash my face with it. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Are we, are we, is any comments popping up on this? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think the I mean, comments like, are broken or everybody's just shocked at this they're point. All, yeah, they're in They're awe. jumping out going, <laughs> what in the hell? <laughs> I I have a bar of soap and Garnier Fructis, and that's it. <laughs> and uh, I've always I've yeah. always been that way. Mike Broyles though. wants to stop you right now. <laughs> this is your... I mean, that's just the way it is. I'm, Audrey's marrying you no matter what she yeah. knows. I, and, you know, it, I'm sure she's, she's, that's how she's you fully a, up to that's speed. That's how you attract the ladies. You have to smell good, <laughs> be clean all the time. Like I've, I'm times. just really big on any, like I, I do not want, like I do not want to smell bad. I no. <laughs> Well, Dakota does not have nice. a life as an over-the-road truck driver coming at any point. <laughs> not at all. I hate, I hate like being filthy, dirty, and smelly bad. Uh, and you know, I worked as a construction worker for almost three years. You would think that it would be different. Nearly than that, a lifetime. But that's like that's what got me there. I had like, I was very anal about my workspace, my work <laughs> cart. I had a little broom that I would carry around with me. And I would periodically sweep off my cart and clean my workspace before I worked and after I worked. I'd, like, everywhere <laughs> I went, like I left a trail because it was very clean where I went. So I how heard, did you come over and and paint and work with the guy that you know? I worked on <laughs> the different floor. <laughs> so I, I worked. I worked upstairs and he was downstairs. But this paint. Going back to the painting story, I ruined a shirt. Like I, it was there was droplets of white kills paint oh, yeah. coming off the ceiling and i was covered everywhere uh it was bad i put tarp down we put tarps down on this floor but it was just it was miserable i, I was covered in paint friday night saturday i had a wedding saturday and i was just i i luckily i've got new skin now so it's all gone because i you know I, I also used the scrubber on myself oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah just a, some sandpaper and, and toughed it out like a real man i didn't use the charcoal <laughs> loofah that dakota would have <laughs> yeah you had paint all over it was you. everywhere. You had yeah. like a, you had a pretty nice like Wrangler button down shirt on too. Yeah, it was a work shirt. And like there was just, 
it, it's a speckled shirt. Yeah, it was totally speckled, and like your face, your hair. Yeah, oh yeah, it was everywhere. Well, I hope it was well ventilated. No, I got because high. I, yeah, okay. I, I, because yeah. I, I had a really bad experience one time with kills. Uh, we kept the windows open. Yeah, yeah, you have to be careful with that stuff. I didn't Very pass much, out. So, <laughs> so and yeah. then the uh, we and I finally finished my laundry room. The laundry room. It's all that, done. Yes, it it the laundry room that I have been working on since we since, met since I was two years eighteen ago? years old. <laughs> <laughs> it's finally done. I had the washer and dryer for the like a full year just sitting in the boxes in the dining room and like they turn into this catch-all shelf but we just put stuff on top of them that didn't have any other good place to they go. just became a permanent fixture in yep. there and then trevor came up and you know he's a plumber so i was like hey man this is a i really want to hang out with you and he's like okay <laughs> i said come on over and then he came over and i'm like you tricked him into the day I'm you like, and i were doing the laundry room all right he helped us with the plumbing let's get this plumbing done son it worked out and you haven't had any backups yet. It's actually been nice, right? Yeah, it has been nice. And you are a shirt destroyer. I we am. found out. Yeah. you got, got the speckles on the one. I, I in the last two weeks, uh, this is long sleeve flannel season, <laughs> I've destroyed, I, the, the, I got the paint on the one, and then I ripped three flannel, long sleeve flannel, flannel shirts. Wow. Uh, successfully. Take skill. One, one, uh, <laughs> with, with dear leader Chris Spangle. Uh, we were loading him in my boat to do a photo shoot, uh, on the way down to southern Indiana. Uh, Sarah and I, uh, and Chris, you'll see if you look at the, uh, at, at the We're Libertarians or Chris's, uh, Snapchat or Facebook. He, uh, he took some pictures riding around his apartment complex. I left, we left a car there. Uh, I ripped the, ripped the side of the shirt, putting him in there. Uh, I got another one at my parents' house last weekend. Uh, they booby trapped the place and had a, had a, uh, uncovered, uh, fer- a thermostat filter. And I was, I screamed loudly at that one, just pissed off at the world. And then Dakota also did the same thing the day I came over and volunteered for him. Yep. I put another shirt on. I'd he come put back his over. nice shirt on, the one that like, we, we were, were going to dinner. Yeah. And I, I had a nice, another decent flannel shirt. And I found that Dakota had some trim that was ripped off in the front door that you came through. Luckily, I tested it for you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, the trim was gone, and he had a little trim screw hanging out, and I caught it just in the right spot to rip the side of that shirt off. So four shirts in a week and wow. a half. I'm like, I've been living in this house for what, two and a half years? You're another- Three years? You're about 12 to 18 inches narrower than I am. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need a full 36-inch doorway. That, that nail was from the trim. Yeah, and this house was built in 1914. I think it's been retrained. I think that for the past 103 years, people have been walking in and out that doorway, and have never taken that nail out. And you just happen to catch it. I just removed a piece of history <laughs> because you ripped your ripped your shirt on a nail. I'm really surprised the county at even this, allowed you to take possession of this yeah. place with with those sorts of dangers. <laughs> at this place, at this spot in 2017. <laughs> Jeremiah Morrill ripped his shirt on a nail <laughs> protruding from the door. Uh, your uh, your mother is uh, interjecting. Yes, she is. She says Dakota's dad, who is not going to the bachelor party, party bought the washer and dryer. Just saying. Yes, oh, sir. it was a wedding so, gift, though. Wow. It wasn't a bachelor is, party gift. This is wow. the risk of having your mother on Facebook. I got really wow. nervous there when you said your mother's on. I thought <laughs> I thought you were talking about mine. I was so scared, so scared. You can text her. Hey, mom, I'm on the internet. <laughs> No way. They go to bed at eight. So I, well, mm. I still got a few yeah, minutes here. Yeah. Man, it's Survivor night, yeah. though. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Not for them. <laughs> we mentioned dinner, but it wasn't yes. just dinner. 
we had we had a libertarian meeting. So uh, I am the uh, state central committee member for the Libertarian Party in the sixth district. So as different groups are trying to organize, or we have uh, area meetings, I try to get uh, get to those and support them. So Dakota, being our county chair and uh, good good friend, he and uh, his fiance and the lovely Sarah Potter and I drove uh, up to Audrey uh, did not want to go yeah. against it. Yeah, she was against it from the beginning. But uh, we went. We went to Three Wise Men and met with the uh, Delaware County Libertarian uh, group and the uh, y'all, the Young Americans for Liberty from Ball State, were there and had a good uh, good time getting to know those guys. And uh, they were actually entertaining some sort of football teams. So we had to eat yeah. dinner or drinks in the hotel lobby at the uh, the Marriott uh, downtown Muncie. Uh, but they were the people. People there were great, and it was, it was a good event. But uh, yeah, so we we get to hang out quite a bit that weekend. Yeah, and then we uh, each went to separate really weddings. Time. You had a wedding to go to, and I had a wedding. Yeah, except yours was Saturday, mine was Sunday. It's true. That's why we couldn't see each other all weekend. Yep. Other than Friday. So who got married that you know? Uh, it was uh, Sarah. Friends. Sarah's uh, is one of those you just you don't know the people going in. It was very cold. I know that. It was uh, an outdoor wedding, and it was about 37 degrees. I felt very sorry so for the bride. physically cold. Very, yeah. 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 Not yeah. Ours, ours no, was, no, 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 no. That's what I thought. There was, yeah. yes. Right, right. No, the, right. It was a very warm reception. No, ours was also outside. It was at the Avon Gardens, which was, like, really nice. Yeah. Like, incredible. And uh, it, was that, it was my cousin Josh, so I, I actually knew the people. <laughs> well, yeah. that's an advantage. Yep. So my cousin Josh and uh, then his uh, longtime boyfriend slash fiance Scott finally got married, and uh, just wanted to say congratulations to both of them because Josh and Scott are both super good people, and uh, I probably will see them on Sunday, but we will see. It just depends on how well the bachelor party goes. <laughs> if are it's they, a really good are, bachelor party, I probably won't see them. Are they uh, are they honeymooning down in Nashville? No, no. Or it's when we get back. Yeah, they'll. It'll be uh, when we get back. They're on their honeymoon now. Right. I don't. I don't know how long those things go. You're darn near leaving the country. You're going for like a week and a half. Yeah. Right. Well. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, going to Hawaii and we're we're, we're going to be gone for only one week, not a week and a half. Anyway, it'll be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. So we do want to thank uh, Brantley Spicer, by the way, who's watching us. Uh, he was uh, very generous and helped kick in on uh, some of the expenses here on the he Boss did. Hog Liberty podcast. You rolled out a new logo for us this week. I know you had yeah. to pay a little bit for the source of that, and there's uh, there's a lot, always little expenses coming along. So we appreciate him kicking in yep. and helping out. How much? Uh, and you know, this isn't just like a, a free thing that we put on. Like this costs us monthly to do. Yes. And yeah. It, there are uh, web web hosting costs for uh, for real libertarians that they take care of for us, and then, uh, and then we are constantly nickel and diming ourselves, buying buying supplies and and continuing to pick at it and buy new cables and yep. it's and just a, our, it's a nonstop thing. Our Facebook promotions and yes, yeah. I mean, I know I I promote the the YouTube video every week and. That I mean, that just takes money. So it's that's awesome. like five hundred bucks a week. It's it's pretty significant. <laughs> it is not that much. It, it's more <laughs> like five dollars a week. But still, you know, like it's five dollars more a week, and, uh, and so just that's just a huge awesome thank you. Uh, yes, very Mr. much. Spicer. Thank thank you to him and everybody that's given over the course of the yeah. show. This is twenty eight episodes in. It's amazing yep. that we've had as much support as we have, and people listen, and you know we have. People like uh, Justin that are driving all the way up from Southern Indiana to join us—it's exciting. Elected officials, people who are running for office, national offices, 
it's I'm super impressed and really proud of everything that we've done here. And we have to thank our wives because <laughs> I bet your wife is thrilled that you <laughs> so get excited. to drive this so, far she tonight. She was so excited she could barely contain herself. Yeah, I your bet. Wife, I your bet. wife saw you for what, 10 minutes? She saw evening? me for about 10 minutes, yeah. Well, she I've forgot got... it was podcast night. And oh. When I told her, I got the look, and then she <laughs> Then she was all sweet again, and yeah, what kissed me and waved goodbye. So, yeah, you know, yeah. no, that's right. Well, we have four kids, seven and under, yep. and so oh, I hear you. It's it's they're getting ready for bed right now. Yes, and uh, the nights that I'm away, which yes. fairly frequent, uh, well, I have to be super in. nice tomorrow. Sure, <laughs> exactly, exactly, <laughs> super nice. So let's uh, let's get into it a little bit, Justin, with yeah. your uh, with what you do and and what you're what you're doing here. You work for Americans for Prosperity, that's right, which is uh, as far as I know a, a national organization, correct? Uh, and it's funded. You have uh, you have a sugar daddy of sorts, uh, or you could uh, say that. I mean, yeah. most people know that right. that uh, one of our the people that began the organization and uh, some of our major funders are uh, David and Charles Koch. I mean. Former Libertarian uh, vice presidential nominee. That's right. Yeah. But, you know, it goes so far beyond that. Of course. I mean, they are a small fraction of, as far as our expenditures, they're a small fraction of that. Because they believe that if the market uh, uh, demands an organization like ours, that the market will also help fund an organization like ours. Sure. Yeah. And so they they will not uh, uh, fund to, you know, to, to a really far extent because yeah. they want to make sure that it's something that the market is is, the, uh, is the, uh, wanting. The Koch brothers have uh, stirred a little bit of controversy just north of here with their new uh, their new economics facility at the Ball State campus. Sure. Um, yeah. I know, like, being my age, being 21 years old, a young millennial, and the current political climate, with a lot of haircut. my... Yeah, with my haircut. <laughs> a lot of my... Friends, like people who I grew up with, uh, know very well, have gone off to college and have uh, fallen into this trap that we've seen right. time and time again. We see it all over the news, everything of ultra-liberalism. Right. And it, it it's spreading like, like wildfire on campuses. And I understand it because everybody wants to make a difference. Everybody wants to bring about change and... Whenever they, whenever people start realizing and things become the most popular way to enact change, but not necessarily the right way, it, it has a tendency to catch on. Right. And that's what we've seen happen. And because of that, uh, places and people like the Koch brothers have uh, definitely caught a bunch of fire and a bunch of uh, whiplash from things like this. We have to be, you know, engaging in those areas, though. You know, first of all, I'll say, you know, Charles Koch is in his early 80s. Yeah. And he is a multi-billionaire. He right. could sit back and just enjoy his life and eat bonbons and lay on a beach somewhere. Yeah, uh, which I but, hope but to be is, doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he's devoted his life uh, to um, to promoting a free and open society. Uh, limited government and more individual freedom for each of us. So I admire him for that. And, you know, speaking of engagement on college campuses, we're actually, we've, we're in the middle of a college tour. Uh, we have a brand called Generation Opportunity and we work with them a lot. And, and we're, and, uh, we're doing, uh, we're, we actually did an event or we're doing one at Ball State. Yeah. But, yeah. But, uh, that's we, what, that's what I was about to bring oh, up. Okay, I saw yeah. an, uh, 
I did a lot, some research on your organization before uh, the show started, like yeah. while I was writing show notes and everything. And I, I guess I didn't know just how big of an organization right. you guys really are. Like you know, what, three million two hundred thousand members nationwide? Yeah. Not, not. We have thirty six state chapters. Yeah, I mean here in, here in Indiana we have three field offices, four offices all together. We're at, we just added another staff member that starts next Monday. We have full-time staff, so we have an infrastructure that's built up much like uh, a political party, but yep. we are year-round. We don't go with the ebb and flow of, of campaigns. You know, yep. We have a graf- grassroots infrastructure where we can be engaged on any given issue. Uh, right now, our, our main issue is tax reform. We get into that uh, later, but we can get engaged on any particular issue like that because we have a built-in infrastructure of not only staff, but, but a, a – huge group of volunteers across the state of Indiana who are interested in these issues. Last month in October was our greatest month from a grassroots standpoint uh, in the history of our state chapter. And we've had people engaged across the state when it comes to trying to get tax reform done for the first time in three decades. Um, but yeah, you know, we're, we're proud of that. We, we think that um, uh, there is a market demand for what we're doing. We think that absolutely there, there's a great opportunity for us to engage citizens, to make them aware of what's going on at the local, state, and federal level, and then getting them engaged and, and active. What, one of the saddest stories I heard was I, I, I love Waffle House. I love going to Waffle House at like 1130 at night. You know, and, uh, <laughs> so does Kid Rock. Yeah, I don't, it's about 1 a.m. I don't, I don't do that much anymore uh, now, that, got now that I got yeah. kids. But, but uh, the, the waiter there, this is before the 2016 election. And I asked him, uh, I said, are you going to vote? And just curious what he would say. And I like talking to people. And he said, uh, no, my, my high school teacher told me that, that it didn't matter anyways. They're all crooked. It doesn't matter what you, what you do. They're, <laughs> they're all crooked. And I asked him who the teacher was. And it was his high school civics teacher that told him that voting was worthless. Just a little bit jaded, huh? That is unbelievable. You know, so, so I think that we live in the greatest country on the face of the planet. We, we get bogged down by, by some of the, the national news and, and some of the stories that come out, and especially in our political arena at this, uh, at this point in time in our history. But the bottom line is we live in the greatest country that's ever existed, and we need to protect it. And we, we need to, uh, to make sure that the next generation has the same ability that we have to enjoy the American dream. And that, that's what I want our organization in Indiana to be about is making sure that that we are giving people as many individual rights, and that comes through regulation, it comes through, uh, I mean, things down on the local level, it comes through taxation and all that, but giving people the most control over their life that they possibly can so that they can pursue prosperity in the way that they see fit. That's yeah. not what you and I deem prosperity. Right, them it's, it's an individual like, choice. It's right. not the government. You know, you're exactly. trying to remove the government. And create yeah, opportunity. And, and see, that was one of the biggest things that I liked about your organization. See, I always... I think that Jeremiah and I both always describe ourselves as pragmatic libertarians and you aren't affiliated uh, technically or officially with a political party. You, you You tackle issues and you advocate for what you believe is right. Right. And you like, see so many times I get, I, I look at these libertarian groups and I get inside of groups on Facebook and it's just like, it seems like it gets infiltrated with anarchists and people who think that libertarianism is associated with anarchy and not so much just a philosophy. And your group seem to recognize libertarianism as a philosophy, 
as a way of of living, not just a political stance or a political right. party. Right. And I I really liked that, and I have a lot of respect for that. Well, thank you. And I and I think a lot of people will see us and and they'll think, well, this is just an arm of the Republican Party. I can tell you that it's not. Yeah, I think you some of the yourself, issues you find yourself on the opposite side. Some of the issues them. that we're going to talk about tonight are are you know issues that we've found ourselves on on the opposite side of of one or you know one particular party over another. And and uh, I'll just say that. When I go to sleep at night, I lay my head on the pillow. I go to sleep quickly, and I sleep well because I believe in what I'm doing. I believe in the the you know the policies that we stand for and and the way that we promote those policies. So you first made my radar. You don't know this, but the first time you made my radar was probably earlier this spring. Okay, uh, and you I think you were a guest on Rob Kendall's show, yeah. Central Indiana Today right. at yeah. the time before he got the big promotion and joined Emmis. And uh, you know he's got the chicks on the right that he's guiding. To, yeah, Rob, guiding you, to Rob, you haven't asked me back since then. What's, really? What's going he's on, got man? the big Uh-oh. Sunday show now on the on the on the on the big. <laughs> he went uh, big time. He left me behind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll, we'll have we'll have to make that happen. Rob, uh, you know I, he he watches the Boss Hog Liberty. I, I know he, he might checks be, in. So. You know, I, I, we'll put a good word in for you and see what we can do. <laughs> Get you on the 50,000-watt station. Thanks a lot. So, I mean, We are not limited by terrestrial radio here, though, yeah, of course. No. I mean, we can go anywhere. We have uh, listeners all over like the world. He's like a caveman. People take I us mean, on he's vacation. He's only getting people in Indy, right? Yeah. That's right. He's a caveman. He's, you know, you can't get him past Seymour. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you were, you were uh, uh, kind of playing devil's advocate or, you know, trying to pump the brakes a little bit on uh, what came through the Indiana General Assembly this year, which was a, yep. uh, a, a new funding mechanism that so basically wound up being user fees and uh, increased gas tax. Yep. Uh, one of the, with, uh, one of the 271 new laws that were signed into effect by Governor Holcomb and your supposedly smaller government uh, Republican legislature. So... <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just deal with wow. one of them for now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, Governor Holcomb, I think you're fine, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm generally surprisingly impressed. It's been cool. Uh, <laughs> I, I like the governor uh, for now. We're only a year in, but I, I, he's been good. So um, he, this is coming from the guy that was Rex Bell's campaign manager. All three all three guys were very, were very, very nice. And, uh, you know, I knew we were going to be in good hands no matter which one of the three won. However, I was really pulling for Rex. Um the gas tax hadn't changed in a very long time in Indiana. I think it was uh, like 2002. Yeah, 2002, and then federally, I don't think it's changed since 93. It's been about 24 years, yeah. Um, yep. So with was, was it not the appropriate thing to do to go in and make adjustments to the gas tax, or were there other areas that you were concerned about? What was the – you know, because – you know, you have. To, we know that roads need to be built and right. funded, and right. you know, you go down the line. And as libertarians, we kind of look at things and say consumption taxes are the most fair taxes. Right. right. So on the surface, that's where I see it. So I, I guess yeah. try to help understand yeah. what the opposition is. So, uh, and, and I would agree. You know, there are a lot of things that government is doing that it shouldn't be doing. Sure. Roads is one that it should be doing. So, and I think our argument got misconstrued frequently, and it's still continuing to be misconstrued because I. I did not say that the gas tax should not be increased, but I asked them to consider a few things before they did that. I think that here, here's I think if if we're going to agree on anything, we have to start with the basic assumption that um, a dollar earned by an individual in the state belongs to that individual. It doesn't belong to the government. Right. So the government should only take as much as they have to in order to provide basic necessities. And services. Correct. So that's that's my basic premise 
and the the lens that I'm viewing this through. So if we don't agree with that, then we're probably not going to agree on anything that I say from this point on. Um, but there are a few things that I asked them to um, to consider before um, they raised the gas tax. One was if we truly want it to be where you uh, you know you are paying for the services directly tied to the consumption then we should shift all the gasoline sales tax over to roads immediately. And that would have been about $300 million. Uh, they were asking for $1.2 billion. I'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, but they were, they were asking for $1.2 billion. That would have immediately shifted about $300 million over to roads on an annual basis. Right. To put this in perspective, okay, in the 2017 fiscal year budget, we were spending about $2.3 billion on transportation. About a billion of that, came from uh, the feds. Correct. Okay. The other 1 to 1.2 to 1.3 billion came from uh, uh, state revenue. Okay. Very little bit, very little of that came from the general fund. But here here's my thing. First of all, let, let's really tie it to the consumption. So let's take all that that gasoline sales tax and put it towards roads immediately. Is it they've continued to make improvements in they that had, over time, but it was paying for state police pensions. Right. It was there was there were a lot of different divergent ways right. that the, that money was not making and, it into the motor and, into and, the construction look, fund. Guys, I mean one I should have started out by saying this. When we look at the um, the size of Indiana's state government and when we look at the way that we are taxed as citizens in Indiana, there are a lot of states that uh, are much worse than we are. So I want to start out by saying that it's very important to understand. We are uh, we have promoted very good policies, especially in the last uh, ten years or so. Certainly, you know, I, I mean, I, I want to give credit where credit is due, and we spent a lot of time promoting those things. Uh, in in 2016, we spent three or four months out beating on doors, telling people about the tax cuts of of 2013 and and school choice and how we've expanded vouchers and all these things. So so I, I want to make sure that that we're not because we disagree in one area does not mean that I don't also see all the good that's been done over the first you know, over the last 10 years or so. So I want to say that. So getting back to the gas tax, I think we should have shifted the gasoline sales tax over immediately. The next thing that we should have considered was. Because the the response to that is, well, where are we going to find three hundred billion or three hundred million dollars in the budget to cut? We're going to have to cut from teachers. We're going to because sixty some percent of the state budget is education. It's education before you go anywhere else. So so we're going to have to cut teachers uh, if we you know if we cut or if we take that three hundred million dollars out of the uh, out of the general fund. It's a false argument because of this. They base their budgets off of projections for the for the next two years, right? The budget projections had a one billion dollar increase in revenue over the 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 budget that they were crafting. So to say that they would have to cut is misleading, because they actually were going to be receiving a billion dollars more in revenue over the following two years. So I asked them to consider those two things, and um, and. You know, beyond that, the last point I think is very, very important, uh, and it was was not talked about much at all in the state legislature. What is the actual need? So, right, if you're saying we need 1.2 billion dollars a year when our current expenditures are somewhere around 2.2 or one or 2.3 billion, so you're talking about a a 50 percent, almost 50 percent increase in transportation funding. 
tell me where the need is, explain to me what those projects are and why we need 1.2 billion. And, and then maybe we can talk, but that, that totally, uh, was not part of the argument. Those yeah. I, I tried to bring it up several times, right. but yeah, even when I'm talking a, one-on-one to legislators, that, that was not part of the conversation. I think was, in the long, was that need actually there? in the long-term plans. I think we've heard discussion that I-65 needs to be three lanes, you know, from, right. from river to to Chicago, and I-70 needs to be three lanes right. from, from Illinois to Ohio uh, for safety. I know I do. You know, I drive. I'm a traveling salesman, so I'm all over Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, and Michigan on right. a pretty consistent basis. And 65 and 70 are so heavily traveled. And, you know, at some point, those need to be three-lane roads. They are, you know, 65 is in Kentucky and in Ohio, 70 is, and you just, it's yeah. it, for safety alone. I, 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 we need to get there. And, but, you know, the point finding that, a way to pay for it is, and is if the that discussion. Was, and if that was the case, or I'm not saying it's not, if that being the case, it would have been nice maybe if they would have said, this is why. Right? Is that what you're saying? Right. I right. Like that's if they would have the brought, next. if they would have brought those up as the point, well, I yeah, think that's why the, that was the tolling included, is coming along. That was included in the 1.2 billion dollar figure, but uh, also included in this bill was the tolling. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tolling and, and see, that's what Rex Bell, like during his entire campaign, that's what he always said, and I believe he said it on the debate stage at one point was, once we use all of the road tax funds for the roads. Then we can talk. Then about we the rest. can talk about the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I thought that was a great starting point. The original bill that came out at the beginning of the session from the House had all of the gasoline sales tax yeah. being shifted to roads immediately. And, now and it, does, so, it does shift it. I will say, in, in the final bill, it did shift it over. A period and that's of years. what that's what I was going to ask you about because I knew in my uh, initial look at all the two different aspects of all this, right. uh, the House bill. Seem like the more quality, yep. more uh, tax friendly, more citizen friendly. It got worse as session went on. The Senate. Uh, in, in, the it Senate. started well. <laughs> it seemed like. Yeah, yeah. and I, I still I'll have, I'll the, have I still you guys know that I I sent an email to uh, Gene Leasing. Gene Leasing, our state senator here. Yeah. In, uh, our, Is that Leasing or Leasing? Okay, mm-hmm. Leasing. So I sent an she email to Gene Leasing, and she did. Yeah, she right. did. So. She was one I mean, of one of five senators that voted yeah. against it. I don't want to yeah. toot my own horn, but you know, my state I, I'm, I'm pulling voted some strings it. over here. I think I think it was because of you. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> That's what she told me. Oh, okay. She said, "You know, I just got this email from a guy that said, please don't.'" And I, yeah. so I did. No, she didn't. She was one of I, I believe it was five Republicans that voted against it. In the yeah, Senate. and I have some I have some numbers here that I pulled off of a blog called uh, the Briefing Room. Um, if you're driving now, um, <clears throat> take a moment and focus and make sure you stay between the lines because this is going to take a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, the the figures that I'm about to read actually came from 2015. Um, and th- so obviously this is before the 2017 gas tax hike. And uh, it, it states that in 2015, the gas, the state gasoline tax generated uh, $541.8 million. Two cents. Or sixty point three million dollars of the state gas tax flows to the state highway road construction and improvement fund. One penny, or thirty point two million dollars, is allocated directly to the state highway fund, and another penny, thirty point two million dollars, moves to the local distribution. The next twenty five million dollars collected in state gas tax flows to the special distribution account 
The remaining revenue is divvied up between the Motor Vehicle Highway Account and the Highway Road and Street Fund. 75%, $297.1 million flowing to the former, and 25%, $99.2 million to the latter. So this breaks it down um, that pretty much every bit of our gas tax does go to the roads. And as far as my understanding goes, that is not how it's broken down in the new one correct well roads can also be trails pedestrian trails there's a lot of there's a lot of different dot type projects that you might not consider to be roads the actual gas tax did go to um uh, to transportation funding um but but uh the gasoline sales tax which the gasoline use tax is what they call it uh which is based on the price of gas. We're one of only four states that has a full sales tax on gasoline. And that's a big fight that they had I as mean, well, is that uh, the state Senate didn't want to give that sales tax portion of the dollar right. to the roads. Right. They said, why the heck should we have – is it Senator Kenley? Is it Senator Kenley who Kenley. made the argument who said that you know the guy in the plumbing industry, you know, if we charge plumbing pipe, it doesn't go back to his industry to, to pay for that or – well, you know, Are we spending three billion dollars a year on the plumbing industry as a state, or on cigarettes, <laughs> no, or whatever, whatever no. it is? Yeah, that's uh, a silly argument. Yeah, but that's that was the uh, that was the argument that was made. Yeah, uh, and I think one of the reasons why the bill wound up getting changed, although yeah. I think he's retired or is retired, he has retired. retired. Victoria Sparts, I believe, has taken over for him already. Yeah, yeah Rex Bell would like to point out that uh, no libertarians voted for the gas tax hike. <laughs> Thank you, Rex. That is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean. Bottom line is we, we were hoping for something a little more friendly. And I think one of the things that scared me the most was the tolling portion and giving complete authority to the executive branch when it came to tolling. That that concerns me to this day greatly. We saw this article that just came out yep. literally like the, the an Andy hour and Star a half before the show. put right? an article out today that says over – I mean we'll, we'll pull it up here and get the numbers right. Basically, I think over this – it's a feasibility study and – over the course of 30 years, I believe it's 30 years, the number is $53 billion that they're saying could be raised. Uh, I don't know the timeline, though. I think I read 30, but I yeah, it says over 30 years. Uh, and they explored tolling each individual interstate. So I-65, which is the major north-south road in Indiana, would be $16 billion potential revenue. Uh, I-69, which is the road that uh, it goes from the Michigan border to, to the north side of Indianapolis now, and it's almost built between Indianapolis and <laughs> Bloomington. Uh, and then it continues from Bloomington to Evansville in the southwest part of the state would be $11 billion a year. I-70, our big east-to-west road that runs through Henry County here, is $9 billion. I-64, down in your neck of the woods, would be $8.5 billion. I-74, which is a smaller interstate, a about $4 billion. I-94, up, four up north, $3.7 billion. Um, so they've got. Uh, hey, why don't we just turn them all to toll roads? That would fix it, right? Well, so that's the, that's the real libertarian argument or discussion that I wanted to have here. Is in in theory, you know, we talk about wanting consumption based taxes. So right, we've yeah. got, you know, obviously there's a whole lot of other taxes we want to go, you know, get rid of. Income taxes we think are terrible. We think property taxes are the worst sure. thing on, on earth. But when we talk about taxes, we talk about sales taxes and use taxes, and that's that's kind of yeah, user it, fees yeah, is what we like to. The term we like to throw around as libertarians, we don't really like the word tax. Like it, 
It's just a it's, dirty word. It's, it's almost like it's almost like a curse word. You <laughs> That's know? why like, user fees was used uh, during the last. Two oh yeah, years. So, <laughs> so this was sold as <laughs> user not fees. taxes, right? Yeah, I think we should just yeah. bleep it out. You know, every time yeah. someone says you can taxes, go through and do the edit beep. to add the bleeps, Mr. Yeah. Davis. Good okay. luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, it's a philosophical discussion. Right. I think I want to have a little bit sure. with you, uh, because it's it, it in some ways it's you know you choose when you're going to get taxed. You choose when you're going to pay for something. You know, the number of miles you drive, Dakota and I are getting ready to drive down to Nashville, Tennessee, and we're going to pay a bunch of money in gas taxes that sure. we wouldn't pay if we just stayed home this weekend. Right. So we're kind of choosing to make, the, you know, to right. go down that path. So that seems equitable. It's a consumption-based tax, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, why not go entirely to tolls? Well, I don't think we're going to have that discussion anytime soon in the state legislature. Uh, you know, if, if we got to a point where we were talking about getting rid of all gasoline taxes— and tolling major interstates or however we want. I don't even know the, the how complicated that would become once you start talking about state highways, local county roads, city roads. And, you know, I don't know how far you take that. But let's just say that we are only talking about um, uh, federal interstates. Let's just only talk about federal interstates. Well, right now you're taxed 18 cents a gallon, uh, federal gas tax, right? So are we willing to get rid of that? in order to toll existing interstates. We get almost a billion dollars a year in in revenue from the federal government to maintain our, interta- our interstate system. Are we willing to give that up and just go to tolls? I mean, yeah. I, I I tend to agree that tolls would probably be the best way, especially on an, internet, an interstate system. Sure. But that's not... But that doesn't help a county councilman who's... what You guys have 800 miles of county roads to, mm-hmm. to, to deal with, yeah. to maintain. We have one of... In Henry County, for our size, yeah, for our size, we're one of the most. Yeah, I mean, I like comparison. Morgan County, they're almost double our population, and they still have a little bit less road, county road, than we do. So, and yeah, we have those issues. And one thing I, I like what you said, and it's something I've been thinking about lately, is how much do you need? Mm-hmm. Okay, because when you start talking about these issues, I think sometimes in uh, an elected official's mind. When they start, oh, if we just add five cents here, man, we could come up with a million dollars. Or if we just do this, we could come up with a billion dollars. And and so you, it's kind of like you get stars in your eyes. Right. We can gain all this look, money. Look how much from we can achieve. People. Yeah. So look what we can do for you. It's the Darren Jacobs way of looking at well, government, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but what it really boils down to is so how much do out. you need? Right. So at the county level, real quick, one thing that was, um, you know, the with this whole uh, plan at the state for roads and this grant that they'll give you. Right. And right. Um, they basically bribed us with our own money. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they loaded a gun, <laughs> put it in your hand and said, pull the trigger. Yeah. if You need more money. Yeah. Right. So, Cause they, they, they forced you essentially the only two funding mechanism they gave you to, to deal with your roads was to increase your local wheel taxes or to, you know, to yes. add. And, and, and the beginning of it all, it was, you had to if you had a current will tax, yep. which we did and in, in, do in Henry County, and we, and we did at that time. You couldn't use that in the original writing. You couldn't use that. It had to be another Increase. tax on top of it. So we almost got into this position of being forced yep. into coming up with this extra money to get as much match money as we could get, and we did that, and we got the match. Yep. Okay. So again, they bribed us with our own money. Well, so we increased that $15 per passenger vehicle. 
Okay, so now it's forty dollars. It was twenty five. It was twenty five. Now we're at forty. Now it's at forty. Then on top of that, with this new state law, now they get fifteen dollars more added to it. Mm-hmm. Fifteen dollars. So it goes up a, to fifty five. New licensing fee. So it goes up to fifty five. But now at this point, though, here's what that money doesn't necessarily come back to Henry County. That fifteen dollars goes into the grant fund. That Henry then, County can apply for. You have a shot at. And maybe get back. And that's and, been a big fight where the city of Newcastle here had applied for money and didn't get it. And there was this big, uh, you know, council members pointing at the mayor and this, you know, this, you get caught in the red tape of applying for your own money and then you don't get yeah. it. And then everybody's mad at each other. Yep. Yep. So yep. It, it, again, at some point though, I'm like, so um, I, I think we have a great highway department. I really do. And, and there's some guys there that, um, they're just as frustrated as some of the right. citizens, to be honest with you. Yeah. We've talked, we've, you know, I think you and I have both had conversations with Joe Wiley and you, oh, yeah. you yeah. listen to him explain his road funding and what he has. And, the, you know, it's just as bad as listening to Dakota read a moment ago <laughs> how everything goes. And poor Joe's got four different funds yeah. and he can, you know, he can build this, he can buy his aggregate out of this account and he can pay for his people out of this account and he can do something else with insurance. And it's just a, it's a mess. It's, just, it, it's, it's very not, difficult. It's not a very efficient a, and effective system right now. If you drive an electric no, car, not. you're not off but the hook doing with this what new we bill can. either. You know what it well, is? No, you can't right, be a free right. rider, Dakota. Yeah, you, you know what it sounds like? You have the $150 fee added if you have an electric car. So all these people that think they might be saving money by buying into no, Tesla. No, not no. No, 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 no. I just paid $400 to light, to plate my truck last week. Well, it's weekend. a very nice truck. Four hundred bucks. I I also it, had a it, custom it, license plate, but that was like fifteen. dollars If you're gonna live something. high on the hog, you're gonna pay. <laughs> you know, you're, he he lives in luxury. I mean, he already talked about his yeah. uh, bathing uh, etiquette. You know, yeah. so let's just say I rented a car tonight because I was embarrassed of my own. How about that? You um, rented a car. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, no, but but um, I, I think what when you were talking, what it sounds like is strings attached. Right. Oh yeah. And that isn't yeah. that what we hate about the federal government right. so much? Right. Is that they, we believe that states should be laboratories of democracy, yet they dictate everything that we should do from Washington D.C. as a state. They dictate so much of what we can do, and and we're seeing more and more of that at the state level. And and it's I'm not picking on Indiana. This is across the country. This is just naturally yeah. what happens. Yeah. It began. It, you, you begin to see more and more power centralized at the state level, mm. um, and less and less of that. Now, now I will tell you what the state legislators will tell you about that is that county councilmen and city councilmen don't have the guts to pay for their own roads, so we're going to have to do it instead. Yeah. Yep. So that that's yeah. the argument. Yeah. And maybe there's some truth to that. County councilmen can't even pass a budget without getting approved by the state, right? Yeah. I mean, you just went through this cycle. I've yeah. I, I served on a, on the Henry yeah. County Parks Board. We had about a half million dollar budget, uh, and uh, the is the Bureau of Government Finance? What's the uh, the D- DLGF Department yeah, of Local, Local Government, Government Finance, Finance. Uh, has to approve? And right. every, however, state yeah. government is set up, county health departments and county parks absolutely yeah. get shredded yeah. every single time. We, we have, I mean, I'm just throwing out a rough estimate. We probably have seventy, eighty uh, percent say, and then we submit it, and but then it, that other twenty percent say is pretty, pretty potent because if they they'll come back and say you got to cut this amount. Well, you have to cut that amount. Period. Yeah, it's a uh, anyway. And the park and health park and health get hit hard. Yeah. So park, I, the park department and health department. Going back to toll roads yes, and that philosophical argument, I'm happy to have that at a policy level 
when we're willing to make major changes in the size of our government, the scope of our government, and the way that we fund roads in general. But if I were to uh, be a betting man, I would bet that that is never going to happen. Instead, what we achieved <laughs> so, was a tax cap, yeah. a, a tax increase on, <laughs> yeah, on the yeah. one thing that the so, that might find so frustrating? Yeah. Isn't that what's so frustrating, yeah. though? Because, you know, the regular person, you know, and, and all of those people, most, well, I won't say all, but most of them start out as just regular people wanting to do the right thing. Right. Yep. But you do, you get involved in this environment and you see the other side, well, it starts changing the way you think, mm-hmm. Right. But the regular everyday person sees this as common sense. And and you look at it, and like you said, yeah, I'm willing to maneuver here, but it's not going to happen. And I think that's where people lose hope, and that's where they lose faith and trust yeah. in the system itself. Right. So much it's to where your high school civics teachers are telling people, hey, don't you know vote. what? It's not worth Don't it. even worry about yeah. voting. You know, oh. voting is an act of aggression. It's painful. Yeah. Microaggressions, you gotta watch. And, and it's like the um, one thing I wanted to, to mention too, um, not to go way off topic, but earlier you talking about following the uh, the federal government and the tax reform, right? Okay, so take that for instance. And we had a congressional candidate in the barbershop today, and uh, you know I, I like to get their opinion on this, and and I want to hear what you guys think about it too. The tax, uh, the tax plan, the tax reform. One, I think, is is going to help. I mean, it's right. a, you lower taxes, that helps the everyday person. I would like to see I'm, they're starting to get away from the whole size of a postcard idea, yeah. right? You don't hear that talked about Actually, as much I anymore. Did. Uh, Kevin Brady. Are I they still talking it about today. it? He said that 90% of filers will be able to file on the, the – the tax card, the, uh, what do you say? The postcard like system is what he said, or something like so that. So they're still looking so, at that. Yeah, because I hadn't heard it either when, for several weeks. Right. You, yeah. Once, yeah. once you right. fill all of your forms out, the 1040, the cover page looks like a postcard. It, yeah, that is cover Maybe you just folded it in half. I don't know. <laughs> but here's, here's the issue that, that with that is the national debt. Right. So again, we're coming back, and I asked this congressional candidate about him, about it. And the thing is, he came up with the, with the right answer, but they're not going to do it. And the right answer is you have tax reform, but then you also cut your spending to go along with it yeah, because exactly. all you're doing right now you're exactly right. is increasing the debt. So I, I think that through this tax reform, I, if, if the debt is increased, I think it will be a minor increase over 10 years if it is. But I, I think we're going to see more revenue than we, what we would have seen had we not had tax cuts or, or tax reform. Right. But – you're exactly right, though. Until we get to that, that's part of the discussion. Getting the economy term, going you again, you have to, yeah. Getting the economy going again through tax reform, right? Which I like to, I like to use tax reform. We can get into this a little bit if you want to, as opposed to tax cuts. We need tax reform, right? Which changes right. the way our system works, not tax cuts, and it changes the way we think about right. it, right? And so that's the first step. The second step is the most painful step, and that is entitlement reform. You can call it whatever you want. I mean, but that is the only way yeah. to change the tra- trajectory of our national debt is so through entitlement reform. You're listening to the Boss Hog Liberty podcast, Jeremiah Morrill, Dakota Davis, Clay Morgan, and Justin Stevens of Americans for Prosperity. And we've kind of shifted over to talking about federal taxes, and the, the House Republicans have come out with their plan today for a, a new federal tax uh, proposal. Uh, of course, our guy, uh, Gary Johnson, was in favor of the fair tax this last cycle, and 
which would deal with the entitlement reform you're talking about right. as well. But uh, that's, that's probably person, not personally. That's what I would like to see. Right, is more of like a fair tax. Once again, getting back to consumption-based taxes, but right. yeah. no, that's kind of like rock and roll in 1950s. It will never happen. We're not. Uh, we're not quite ready for that yet. So, <laughs> well, so yeah, yeah. I mean, we're that's, a, try to that's live kind in the of the thing, though. You you sit back and you think, you know. And you look at pages like the Fairtex uh, Facebook page or you go to their yeah. website and you read about it and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. I want to help do something. And then you sit back and, like, I hate to say this, but you think about it. I mean, a person with common sense logic yeah. can step back, look at it, and really think and say, there's no way. Like, that's never going to happen in my lifetime. For two reasons, I think. Number one is the unknown. We, we have no idea how that would really change behavior, right? I mean, we, right. we might have a little bit of an idea, but there would be some rocky, rocky times, right? And and by the way, the fair tax book is like one of the quickest reads ever. It's a great book. Uh, but secondly <laughs> is it does what we're talking about. If we have true tax reform, it, it does it, that. It does the entitlement reform. It, it, does, it does true tax reform because here, bottom line is the way our tax system is structured, it benefits people who are well connected, absolutely. And people who have, who can pull the purse purse strings, yeah, of politicians. I mean that that's who it benefits, and it doesn't benefit people like us. I mean it 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 is stacked against us. So that's what our theme has been unrig the economy. So getting rid of special deductions, special loopholes, um, and going back to Charles and David Koch, we we have constantly. Um, been advocates of getting rid of things in the tax system that benefit the industries that uh, Charles and David Koch are involved in. So um, it, it's it's something that that needs to be done, that has to be done, and we have to make it fairer, flatter, simpler. Uh, we have to change the way that because over the last fifteen years, there's been so many uh, so many adjustments to the tax code that have benefited the people who are up lobbying on Capitol Hill. That's who it benefits. It doesn't benefit the average person. I even heard uh, now President Trump before. Um, I think um, <clears throat> I think I think he talked about this even before he ran in 2016 when he was considering it another mm-hmm. time before that. He he talked about these things. He talked about the loopholes and the right. the gaps and the and he and he admitted I use them because they're there. He said, but that is the problem with the yeah. system. And, of course, he said if he was in there, he would do something about it. So I haven't dug into this whole yeah. tax reform. I'm, I'm catching the outer layers of it. Um, sounds like he's going to sign it if they can get it passed. So Yeah. Well, I, I tried to study it uh, on the way here after it was released. Uh, I had I had five phone calls, one radio interview, and then this. Uh, but but I, I did get a, a fairly good grasp on it. It's basically um, you're going to th- from like five or six different right. ca- uh, rates yeah, to three. We have three. seven rates right now. Yeah, and it, it follows the framework that, that they had come out with a couple months ago right. for the most part. Yeah. It goes from seven rates to they actually put four. Instead of three, we were hoping for three, but it's uh, 12, 25, 35, and 39.6, which is the top rate. You were right hoping now. that 39 was going to go away? 39.6 yeah. would be, yeah. So, um, and then it, it doubles the standard deduction. So, for someone who's getting ready to get married, Dakota, uh, you will be able to. Uh, to avoid paying income taxes on right. the first 24000 I think, $400 yeah. of your income. And you know what's crazy about all this? Like, And this is just a, like a personal story. I guess you could would call this the banter. But um, <laughs> I hope it's funny. 
Um, but no, like kind of reminds serious. me of a chicken. But <laughs> bantam. The, before the election, you're not allowed to have any banter in Spiceland. It's outlawed. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Darren. No, but before the election, um, it's me, my coworker, and my boss, and we're we're all sitting in uh, uh, the the office, my office, and um, we're all talking about you know uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, blah blah blah. But you know, I'm not getting too much into it because. Every time I say, well, I'm going to vote for Gary Johnson, it's like, well, he doesn't even have a chance, you know. Like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I just don't get into it uh, at work at not the right place or the right time. And so my my boss starts talking, and he's a 63-year-old man and is, like, just sharp as a tack, okay? And he's he's like, you know, I really think I, I came up with this tax plan. And he's like, and I, I wrote it all out. And he starts he starts naming, like, different deduction amounts and he's like and i say that we don't tax people the first uh he's like the first twenty thousand dollars of their income if they're single and then thirty thousand dollars if they're married and then he just starts going on and then i saw um trump's and he's and my boss says and i'm gonna send it to both hillary clinton and donald trump <laughs> and i because i think that whoever implements this is going to be the best job creator and that is going to have a booming economy and I was like, oh, you know, whatever. And then I start reading on Trump's tax reform, and I'm like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> it worked. <laughs> this is he Dave's got taxes. the letter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so so even beyond that, that anywhere from between, if you're married filing jointly, anywhere between 24, or I guess 24.4 and 90,000 is taxed at 12%. And then once you get uh, above 90,000, I think it's up to 260,000 that it's taxed at 25%. So, I mean, that would be, it, it really would be middle class tax relief, yeah. truly. They're going to try to frame I, it I keep, as, as a tax cut for the, for the, you know, the billionaires. Yeah, but that's that is, what I keep seeing is that is people who, who are like, Donald Trump's tax reform is going to do nothing but screw the, screw the middle class and just keep helping the no, rich. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, you haven't read it. Like they, you don't yeah. know what you're talking about. They've, they've stop kept the four hundred one k in it, so you still get to deduct that from yeah, your right. taxable income. Right. Uh, I assume you still get to deduct out any Social Security you paid in or Medicare or Medicaid. Mortgage interest deduction stays. So is that up is that to five hundred thousand dollars? Is the mortgage interest deduction only on? Does, that doesn't reduce your taxable income though. That is that's where you have to choose the per, the standard deduction right. or the individual. Right. Deduction. Right. Yeah. So for where, most where people, you itemize. almost right. anybody in Indiana, your property taxes in your, you know, I guess the, the potentially on the the uh, interest deduction, but <clears throat> most of us aren't going to take that at right. all. It's going to be a very small number of people that take uh, that deduction. And, and I think too, I think the reason why so many people are uh, will say, well, this is just another plan that helps the rich. All right. I, I get so tired of that. One though, I think it's because they're conditioned to think that way. Yeah. Right. For so long, that's all we've heard. Right. Right. So we're conditioned as a as a as a nation to think that way. True. Uh, we're conditioned to think somebody's out to get us. Right. Somebody's trying to screw us over. You know, that's just how we think now. Um, and I think another part of it goes um, beyond political and just into the soul of man is a lot of people are just jealous. Right. Um, you know, they don't want people to have money they don't want people to do better than them because they think if they are 
then they're doing something wrong because, right. or they're taking it from them. I, you know what? Right. It you know, doesn't I'm, bother me one single bit how rich Bill Gates is, Oprah Winfrey, the Warren Koch brothers. Yeah. I don't – let them be rich. They're uh, generally pretty not losing because they're winning. No, right. exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. I actually had a conversation yeah. with a dude the other day, and he said, why does anyone need to be a billionaire? No one should be a billionaire. And I thought, why? Like, were, were you talking you, to Teddy Roosevelt? No, I was like <laughs> – you are incredibly selfish. Like how how self righteous can you believe that you yourself are? And that's that's the problem that I have with uh, socialism as an entire philosophy or viewpoint is that right. is that automatically if I tell someone of my age group or of opposite political thinking than me, I say, you know, I'm I'm a diehard capitalist, then then automatically. I am the person with low morals in their viewpoint. They believe that yeah. they have the moral high ground compared to me, when in reality, you are the one advocating for violence. You are the one advocating for a man with a gun to come to your house if you do not hand over 40% of your income. Yeah, and Capitalism has brought more people out of poverty absolutely. than any political absolutely. system. And socialism has failed everywhere absolutely. it's been implemented. Yeah. Everywhere, and that well, that's not. We have to get to the generation that is coming up to help them understand that, you know. And and you know, I think that's a huge task. But I do think there is potential within that generation to talk about entitlement reform. You know, you tell someone our age that we're not going to get Social Security when we're sixty-seven. I'd say we could probably plan, make you know, be all right. I have no expectations of getting it. We have to do something now. Yeah, uh, or yeah. very, very soon. I, I had this discussion yesterday in the barbershop about this, the very thing, Social Security being one of the issues. Yep. I mean, there we can't be afraid to deal with it. I, I just think they're so yeah. scared to touch it because once it, when it was brought up a few years ago, um, actually, wasn't it brought up under Bush? It was brought up, yeah. and everybody ran for the hills. Lockbox. Ran for the hills. And now here we are, you know, what? 10, 12 years later from when it was first brought or brought up again, it's not any better. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I agree to a point. You can't just all of a sudden rip the carpet out of people. No. Out from under. But that's what we'll have to do. You can have a cut. Well, the thing (laughs) is, if we don't do it, if you don't do it, we need to, exactly. We need to, the plan needs to be implemented, implemented to where two decades from when it's implemented. Yeah. That it's gone. Doing something so now, people well. know. Doing people something now would know. keep us from having to rip it off. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, yep. something has to be done because it's yeah. going to get ripped out from under us, and it's going to get ripped out as a surprise. People aren't going to know, and there's going to be millions of people who thought, "Well, I can depend on this. Yeah. I will have this to fall back on in my retirement and to live off of." And then all of a sudden, you rip that out from someone, and it. I mean. Yes, one, taking money out of my paycheck for Social Security when I could do it much better myself is wrong, but also ripping out the money from out from underneath someone that they thought they were going to get is wrong just as much. Well, if you right. if you had the opportunity to take that 15%, it's 7.5% you put in, 7.5% that your, uh, your employer puts in. Unless you could you're take self-employed. That, well, and then you have to do it yourself. You have to do the whole 15, yeah. but it's still 15%, Clay. <laughs> Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> well, you, you chose chose a life of freedom. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and it is. It yes. is. Um, but you, it's 
if you could actually do something with that money yourself and you could invest it and go make my, you know, my 401k is up 18% this year in this calendar year, 25% in the last right. 12 months. If I was able to take that 15% of my See, money that's, that's stolen from me and I could do what I want, you know, I'd, and have that sitting there for 40 years. Yeah. I really wish we had the courage to make a grand bargain with everybody that's in social security and everybody that's in, in a, in a public pension that we have and make an offer and say, Hey, cut our lot, cut our ties. Here's the number. We bite the bullet. Obviously we're going to have to, you know, you're going to extend the national debt for a short period of time, but then you, you've stopped that. It's it's going to be nothing. And then you can deal, you know, and then you can move on. But you have to, you have to kill those obligations. We have to tell people the facts that, you know, it's basically either no return or a negative rate of return for African Americans, because the life expectancy is much lower. They actually have a negative rate of return on social security. We have to help people understand that instead of the images of pushing grandma off the cliff and things like that in her wheelchair, we have to let people know the facts. And, and, you know, so I I do think, I think tax reform is one, one great step towards getting things going again, getting the economy energized, making sure that we're on the right track and, and unrigging the economy. And we've been doing, I mean, we've been working on this all year long, uh, trying to push this the week after the election, I was on Capitol Hill. Uh, lobbying people like Congressman Messer and these other guys, tr- making sure that they understand this is a great opportunity. Don't waste it. So yep. put put on your pundits hat for me. Okay. Oh gosh. We've got uh, we. we <clears throat> I'm listing off the accomplishments of this Congress so far. Um, I ran through the list just now. You only um, need one hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> half, half a hand maybe. Or, so, so they haven't. It. They haven't been able to get anything. Some VA accountability reform. That's yeah. been good. That's positive. We got some work to go there. Is this actually going to pass? Uh, uh, because the, the tax the, reform. This tax reform. Because the the high you know, the Republicans yeah. from New, from New York State and, okay. and other other yeah. bluish Republican areas are saying. We tax the hell out of our people, and we want the property tax deductions. And yeah. we, you know, it. And right now, I'm not so worried about the House, but when it gets to the Senate, right? Because you can only lose it two is, or three. It's left up to. Um, of course, most uh, of the senators in those states are are not Republicans. The, but the salt, uh, the salt deduction, state and local tax deduction, yeah. was included in this plan on property taxes, and I think up to $10,000 of your property taxes. I believe that's what was included. So I think that's their attempt to get some of those people from those states to buy in. So you have some. Where it's not completely eliminating that. Um, I think it has a chance. Now, you know, I would have told you that we probably would have, the greatest disappointment, you know, we've been campaigning for eight years against uh, Obamacare, and... mm, very little has changed. Now, I do think we're making a little bit of progress there, but yeah. but we did not repeal it, right? So um, They haven't even seriously been trying to repeal no, it. They've no. just been trying to fix so, it. So here's yeah. the thing. I think the mood on Capitol Hill – so I, I've been there, I don't know, four or five times this year, and we've we've hosted several events on, on tax reform with Congressman Hollingsworth, Congressman Banks. We've got one with Congresswoman Walorski um, uh, here in two weeks up in, in Elkhart. I believe that the mood on Capitol Hill right now – is that if they don't get this done, you have accomplished nothing, and, and you better, have to face the voters better be, they better in twelve be, months. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough for them. Heck and yeah. I think I think they really I think they truly want to accomplish this. And I think there's enough agreement across the board where they can get something done. I think this this plays out really a lot better, especially if they can control the argument that it's just for the wealthy. I think that um, that the arguments play out a lot better as far as the spending uh, a tax cut for the middle class. 
and, right. and unrigging the system. We've made tens of thousands of phone calls. Speaking, you know, just talking about our efforts, we're very proud of that. We've we've hosted several events. We were the first non uh, DC event. We kicked off our our uh, tour on tax reform in DC, and then the first two events were here in Indiana. Uh, back in August, and we've had several more since then. We engaged Dr. Schonsberg for kind of the economics or the the economist perspective, and we've made tens of thousands of phone calls, mostly patching people into uh, Senator Donnelly's office to try to encourage him. You know, he comes comes to town with the president. He acts like he might be in favor of it. Uh, we think there's no reason why this has to be a partisan issue. This is an Absolutely issue. Absolutely not. It, it should not be a partisan issue. It should issue. not. It should That's not. something we've said from the beginning. A hundred senators should be able to vote for this. Exactly. Now, maybe it, the ones from Illinois and California and, <laughs> and, uh, and New York have a little bit more trouble with that. But people from a senator from Indiana, yeah. regardless of political party, exactly. should be able to support this. And that's, that's one thing I was thinking is how do, you, how do you look your constituents in the eye and say, no, that I don't want to lower your taxes. I don't want to help you out. Well, he's right. going to say that it doesn't know anything about the national debt, Clay. <sighs> <laughs> maybe, he, maybe he's probably going to say it does nothing. That, it does for nothing rich. for the middle class. It only it only works for the rich. But they can't. They can't. They they cannot have yeah. a straight face argument yeah. and say that because no. the plan that we saw today, there's no doubt that it would provide r- relief to middle income families. I'd say something yeah. that was uh, was kind of humorous. I went and saw uh, Vice President Pence when he spoke over in Anderson, uh-huh. and uh, Senator Donnelly was there, right. and uh, he was close uh to the front there and so uh vice president you know is giving his speech tax reform you know and going through it and then he turns and he looks right at him and he says and joe and we need you we need your help and everybody's like "Ah!" you know (laughs) and he's just smiling you know nodding and (laughs) i think if he's smart yeah he does it you know i think we've arrived at final thoughts yeah i think we're getting there we're getting there. Have we? Man, I've been having I, so much been, fun. This episode has How gone far as a sl- so I, I have no fast. Idea. We're about, like we're about like 10 minutes. In. Yeah, yeah that's the way. We're just so much fun. <laughs> like Kevin Green is on the last episode, and he looked yeah. at me after and said, I didn't expect to have fun. Well, no kidding, Kevin. We're fun people. <laughs> wow. Sheesh. It's even wow. in the monologue, right? We're going to have fun. We promise. Yeah. We yeah. promise it's going to be a fun and easy oh, listen. You need, you need to come to the barber shop and hang out a little bit hey, and kind of spread the news. Yeah. yeah, you know, just drive three hours and get your hair cut. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't have much, so I just kind of cut it myself. I'm a fiscal conservative at heart. It's Eric Johnsberg approved. <laughs> so, so, Justin, uh, I guess... It, Anything final that you want to pitch or talk about or explain, but how people get in touch with you guys, follow you, yeah. uh, so you know, if hey, they man. want to get involved with the organization, how, how do well, they do here, that? Well, here's one thing. Here's my cell phone number, right. 812-549-9195. You can go to org, and if you want to learn more about us, uh, obviously we're on Facebook and Twitter, and, and uh, sign up for our newsletter at our website. We try to keep people updated on what you know, what we're doing, but you know, what we're looking for, maybe this is where some of your listeners come in is we're looking for people across the state who want to be what we call torchbearers. And that is someone who's looking out for limited government policies across the state of Indiana. So we're looking for those people that are going to inform us, help us get involved. We've been involved in several local issues this year where we're engaging you know, citizens on a local level to get involved in their county's, you know, city government. Where are you guys on wind farms? <laughs> Can we talk about that next episode? Sure. <laughs> I, it's the biggest hot bit issue in Henry is. County in the last uh, two years. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It is. Well, no, so, you know, so 
basically, I tell you what, if you could give, give us some wind farm thoughts and we promote that, <laughs> dude, we're going to get some listens. Uh, I think I'll stay away. Uh, <laughs> we've already talked about gas tax. That's enough controversy for me for the night. But no, so, you know, we're more and more people that we can get active. We want to, we want to provide people with avenues to get active. We have a great uh, system as far as technology. We have the greatest uh, way of contacting other citizens and informing them about what's going on in our state and in our country. And we, we need more and more people to get involved in that and, and join us. So go to americansforprosperity.org and, and shoot us an email or reach out to me via cell phone. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining yeah, us. It's been a pleasure, having to, pl- pleasure to have you on the show. Absolutely. Uh, and we look forward to a return visit at some point. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get canceled anytime soon. So, uh, you know, we're libertarians like this, so we're, we're hanging Great. on. Uh, Clay, you uh, MVP Barbershop is becoming like the uh, the little small town location well, in, in New Where, Hampshire when what, you're running for president. What happened to our exactly. advertisement that sat exactly. on the table? Well, you know, I I just paid for one session, so I just <laughs> oh, okay. I took it down. I would gladly put it back up though. Should you? I mean, I I I feel like I spend a lot of my time looking this way during the episode. So maybe if we did like an MVP, <laughs> right <laughs> on the right. side, carve it into the hair. We could there do that. Go. We could do that. Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah. After today, though, I did start thinking. I wonder, wonder what's going to happen around this little shop here politically. You know? need to start taking pictures and putting everybody up on the wall that's yeah. been in. Yeah, you yeah. got. Yeah. You know, there we go. We're, I got me and Messers. It's going to be like right Mayberry. Yeah, yeah, you do have you and Messer up there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I got I got another picture. I'll probably post it on the uh, barbershop Facebook page. Yeah. There we go. So does. Uh, America's for Prosperity doesn't endorse candidates, right? Correct. So you you, you do issue advocacy, but right. you don't get you, right. you won't be getting in the middle of saying, "Hey, we prefer Senator Young or, or, or not Senator Young, but Messer versus Rokita so, versus Braun." Uh, and, well, and that one thing is, uh, we very very rarely get involved in primaries, right? Unless there is a, a you know a clear problem, um, and then in the general election, I can just tell you from experience what we did last year. We made. 2.3 million phone calls and knocked on 100,000 doors and sent uh, 12 mailers statewide uh, educating people about the policies of Evan Bay. So that's what we do. Now, we did specifically um, call for the defeat of Evan Bay last year. So that's about as close as we get to endorsing a candidate. It sounds like an endorsement you know. of Lucy Brenton to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, may, maybe it was. There were no yeah. mailers against Lucy. Uh, but yeah, that's, so, that, so that's probably, uh, that's called express advocacy where we are, you know, expressly asking for the defeat of one particular person. We did that in last year's Senate race and, you know, uh, maybe, maybe we will be engaged in this year or next year's Senate race. Uh, perhaps. Perhaps. Depends upon how see. a Senate vote goes on, uh, on tax reform, yeah. perhaps. We'll see. Indeed. All right. So we got into your time, Clay. Anything hey, else? Hey, no problem. Anything else big coming up? No, not uh, not off the top of my head right now. You know, I'm just sitting here uh, feeling the the honorable presence of uh, Justin. So it's been an interesting uh, conversation. So. Tell my wife that. Would yeah. You? Right. Right. Chelsea, if you're watching. Right. But I, I really like this topic. Um, you're the one because it's very pragmatic. <laughs> you know what I mean? It takes real issues and it it just says, "Hey, look." I get so honestly, I'm I'm fed up with, and and we're not going to get away from it. But just me personally, I'm fed up with the people using the terms establishment, elites, um, and just throwing words around without any thought. Right? Um, are there established people? 
Yes. Are there people who feel they're elitist and above everyone else? Sure. Yes. But let's get down to where the rubber meets the road. Let's talk real issues, real policy, because as long as we keep button heads like this in our nation, we're not going to get anything done. Right. And the people that lose are us. Yeah. We're the ones that lose as long as we can't come to the table and just talk real policy, get things done. And that's just the thing in elections. And I'll finish my final thought with this. In elections, we've gone from arguing policy or debating policy into mudslinging, name-calling, personality issues, personality conflicts. And and I don't – that's why I guess I appreciate this episode so much is because uh, it just talks about the real issues um, and and how it impacts the everyday person. Right. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Awesome. Dakota, final thoughts. Uh, uh, just add me as a friend on Facebook, of course, uh, and follow me on Twitter at Atokad Savad. It's Dakota Davis spelled backwards. <laughs> and, um, you know, always like our Facebook page and always tell your friends. We have so much fun putting on the show for everybody. And, uh, I feel like tonight was a great episode. Um, I did work on the, the new logo. We got a lot of good feedback from our inner circle Facebook group. Um, and, uh, we're going to be, we're ready to publish that with, I, I think at this point and make it, make it our official new logo. Um, I'm really excited about the direction that our show is heading. Um, I think that we have made great strides. And like I said before, I'm super proud of what we've done. Um, and I think that, uh, if you're in the inner circle, if you're in the inner circle group, and I don't know, obviously not everybody that all the thousand people that's going to listen to this, only like 10% are. Well, if you jump on Boss Hog Liberty uh, on the Facebook page, you can see the inner circle group and you can join. You can apply for membership yes. and there's a good chance we'll let you in. But uh, but uh, we always uh, we consult that group because it's, our, it's the people that have contributed to us. It's the people that we know. Uh, our dedicated listeners and everything. So we always we always ask in that group before we start changing things. So I put the new logo in there, and then I also asked about format of the show. Like uh, for the past five or six episodes we've done, uh, we've been playing with just doing like funny banter for like 65% of the show, and then the other little bit we did discuss policy. Whereas before we were, we would talk, we would do a little bit of banter for the first few minutes, and then we would go to um, two national issues and then two local issues. And I asked what people like more. And it turns out a lot of people actually think that we're funny, Jeremiah. It's <laughs> a shock to all of us. Yeah, I, I had no idea, uh, except for Darren Jacobs, but whatever. And uh, But also a lot of people like to listen to our show because they enjoy our opinions on things, which is also another surprise. So um, we're – so basically, like, we're – we're not going to go anywhere with our banter. Like that is definitely staying because without the banter, I don't think that I would want to do this show anymore. Like <laughs> I, it would, it would I, become, I have no other way to do this show than to, yeah, be, it would to be, be myself. Be way too much of like a job. And I already have one job that causes enough stress in my life. I don't need another one. So we're, that's definitely staying. And, uh, along the lines of that, as I was asking for suggestions, Cade Coger, who I brought up in previous episodes. Um, Are we getting ready to go there now? What? With Cade Coger's suggestion? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, we are. Okay. Well, uh, kind of. 
basically okay. Cade <laughs> said what I think you guys need to do this is, is hilarious. Yeah, he said you guys need to pick like your favorite citizens of Henry County post. And like if if you've been listening to this show for a while, then you know we always talk about citizens of Henry County and that group and just the hilarity that goes on in it that people think is like serious and people take seriously. And he's like, you need to pick your favorite post and just like have people digest it and just talk about it on your show. So I put it in our senior uh, host chat. Like, what do you guys think about this? Everybody was on board. So what I'm going to ask is that if, if you are a member of citizens of Henry County, and I know a lot of people who listen to us are like my neighbor, Zach Cade, um, just a lot of people frequent who, contributors yeah. to the uh to the people the who listen to that Facebook show page. are also members of that group and uh I want you to start tagging me <laughs> in stuff that you see because I want I want to find it because I think it's going to be hilarious and I think it's going to be a great addition to this so show so much you're going to be in so much trouble you're uh, going to be accused of being insensitive to people that have high electric bills or their dog has run away <laughs> Hey, or no, somebody no, was no, rude no, to no. them at the Kroger parking lot. All it, right, listen. People <laughs> who are Kromp, rude in the Kroger Kim parking Kromp didn't lot didn't get their parking their their they, pothole fixed in time. <laughs> <laughs> you are you and are going to be the most insensitive and I still guy want, we've I, ever heard of. I'm going to I want to start a that Facebook group like what Mark Brim said, the disappointing photos of fast food <laughs> in Newcastle, Indiana. So many projects because <laughs> that that's hilarious, and I'm in that group of his of Richmond, Indiana. And we have so much potential here in Newcastle. <laughs> All right. Well, we look forward to that. You don't have a nomination this week, though, so you're no, because I, I want to. I want the listeners to provide that. You want them to do the legwork, and then you get to pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. All right. All right. Well, very good. Uh, I'm going to use just a little bit of time. Uh, had a, a friends of uh, friends of mine are in the Henry County 4-H and Ag community. Uh, had a house fire this week. Yes. So, um, of course, I. The name is not something we – the fellow is a guy named Porkchop uh, who he, – apparently he has a real name. It's uh, Jerry Chernowski and his wife is Zoe Ann Chernowski uh, who's the ag teacher at Blue River and leads FFA. And then Jerry or Porkchop as I know him uh, has been involved with Henry County 4-H for a number of years in the swine program. Uh, and their house was a total loss and they're both recovering up at uh, – I think at Eskenazi with some so, – from what I've heard, some some real burns. Uh, so – I think that if uh, if folks are, have the heart to do it, there's an opportunity to make some donations to uh, Blue River Valley. I think their PTO is leading it up. Yeah. Uh, so if you're interested or have heard that story or wanted to pitch in, uh, kind of just want to put that on people's minds yeah, and, 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 and point to it and think, lift them up a little bit and think about them. Yeah, and one of the um, – because uh, their superintendent sent out uh, a phone call to everybody. Yeah. And uh, – one of the ways to do that, you uh, like if you was donating by check, you write it to Blue River Blue River Valley PTO. It has to specifically say because the school itself cannot take it. Yeah, it's going through a booster organization, right? Yeah, so, so they can Blue River Valley through. PTO. Um, that's that's the one I remember. There was another one that you could write it to, but Blue River Valley that's PTO the is the easiest one to remember. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, they're just a you know tremendous the, tremendous volunteers for the community. Uh, pray for them, obviously, but. Uh, just thinking about it. There's a big article. Travis White wrote an article in the Courier Times. So if you want more information, it's there. And uh, just thinking about them. Uh, really appreciate uh, everybody uh, listening to the show. As always, uh, 29 up, 28 episodes in. Uh, next week we have Dear Leader scheduled. Chris Spangle is going to be here. I think it's a Wednesday episode. 
because uh, they're, they're doing the uh, he works on Thursdays for their show as well. So we had to off schedule. So uh, we'll do a Wednesday night with Chris here, and then uh, the big We Are Libertarian show will be on Thursday of next week. Really do thank Justin for for making the commitment to drive up here. Yeah. It's uh, it's amazing. Uh, really appreciate that. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me, Jeremiah at BossHogLiberty.com, at Jeremiah Morrill on Twitter, or you can find me on the Facebook. We will see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.